Welcome everyone to the 43rd and final episode of the 2023 season of the Team Blaney Podcast. My name is Adam Rogers and alongside me is co-host Steve Mez. As always, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the drivers of the Blaney Racing family for about two decades, and Team Blaney itself launched on social media in 2014. Now, during the season, each weekly episode of the show offers an in-depth analysis of Ryan Blaney's latest NASCAR Cup Series race plus news, notes, and a lineup of special guests all throughout the year. Steve, welcome back. Special bonus episode. I've been talking to you the last uh, month or so about uh, maybe getting back on one more time. It's been about a month and a, and a month and a half or so since uh, Ryan Blaney claimed the championship at Phoenix. And I just got this sense that we had more to say. So what do you think about doing an old-fashioned top 10 list? of moments yeah. throughout the year. You think that's something we can pull together? Let's do it. We can do that. We got all kind of fun stuff to talk about, you know, from our perspective, which is the best part, you know, it's going to be sure they're, they're, they are Ryan's moments, but there are some things that we were in the middle of and got to have fun with. And um, yeah, definitely got some great stuff uh, coming at you. Um, one question for you in this month here. Um, what part of your body do you pinch to make sure it was all real? <laughs> I don't know about pinching myself, but one thing that that I said that it would really hit me, not necessarily, you know, the victory lane photos, not necessarily the awards banquet, but it was going to be when I got my first box uh, from the team or from Fanatics that had the merch. And I am proud to say I, I do have that. So I'm wearing my championship shirt. So I'm, I'm pinching a shirt right now. That That's when I, I really grasp that it's happened and it's, it's just such a cool thing because you you know we have teammate joey logano that's a two-time champion and you know kevin harvick just retired and he's always has that you know he won that championship in 2014 and it's just amazing to know that no matter what happens going forward in ryan's career i'm sure it's going to be widely successful but he's no matter what if he never wins another championship again he's still got that one in 2023 that we can always point to and it's just it's just incredible, and also part of the reason why I felt like we still needed to come back and and recap a little bit more, talk a little bit more, and talk about all the cool things that that happened this year. Yeah, there's um, you know, like I said, there's some things we're in the middle of, and I'm waiting for you know, we'll talk about it later. We're waiting for Netflix to get a hold of us because there's something that they, I, I think is a hidden gem of the season that um, if you're new, new to us and you've been hearing about us uh, recently um, and listening, going back and listening to old podcasts because I'm. I see the downloads. I go check it every once in a while, and I know there's some new new listeners out there. Um, yeah, we got in the middle of some really fun stuff this year, and uh, I can't wait to I can't wait to see the Netflix documentary actually and see how that turns out. Yeah, I've been talking to you know folks in our Discord chat, our Discord server, about um, how it's so cool that we're always going to have that. I think I might even mention that on our, our last episode, uh, wrapping up the season, but. Um, no matter what happens going forward, whether the show is renewed for another season next year, whatever, no matter what that first season of it, it's going to basically tell the story of Ryan winning the championship through the playoffs. Now there's going to be lots of other drivers mixed in and some drama and I'm sure some other things, but I do know that they've been following Ryan throughout the playoffs as well. And I'm sure when he started to go on that run after Talladega, 
uh, there was a lot of cameras around him. And um, I can't wait until January, February, whenever that thing comes out. But you're right, waiting for that uh, email or phone call. Uh, maybe I need to post some more <laughs> clips of that clip that we're going to share a little bit later to get their attention. But it's uh, mm-hmm. it's really neat. Now, you did say, you know, we're going to do this top 10. I, uh, you know, I kind of questioned you like, hey, do you want to do it? We've prepared a little bit <laughs> ahead of time what our list is. And we did have an honorable mention. So this is the Team Blaney podcast. It's not just just Ryan specific, though. He's the majority of our coverage these days. But we did have an honorable mention on the dirt side of things. And I think um, we do need to give a nod to to Big Dave Blaney and uh, brother Dale Blaney for what they accomplished this year on the dirt. I mean, those guys ran a limited schedule, mostly in the Northeast, and they cleaned up at Sharon Speedway, didn't they, this year? Yeah, they, um, you know, a couple wins uh, at Sharon Speedway between the two of them. Uh, I know Dale tried to run some stuff at Lernerville and a couple other places. Um, they weren't running full schedules, um, and, and, they, and they probably never will unless something really comes out of them, some sort of deal. Um, but for just doing a little part-time thing here and there, uh, they were really, really good this year, and it was great to go out and see them. Uh, Dave, uh, I don't remember which night it was now. I was out there for one of them. Uh, it was the weekend um, the weekend after the 600, actually, because we were out there with uh, Jerry Mariotti and his wife, Kirsten, and uh, Dave like almost left the field. And we're not talking about... You know, we're talking about guys he, you know, they race against all the time, and he had it dialed in, and we got the lead off the start, and you know, within 15, 20 laps, he was lapping. You know, like I said, about two thirds of the field he lapped, and it was really fun to watch him just kind of carve up traffic, and uh, you know, he's no spring chicken out there, but uh, we're driving right with him. Yeah, so Sharon Speedway doesn't run sprint cars on their regular program, but they do run several special shows all throughout the year. Six of those shows at Sharon Speedway, their home track, the track that the family co-owns, were won by either Dave or Dale Blaney, three apiece. So they kind of matched each other. They didn't win the Lou Blaney Memorial, which is okay. Both of them have won it in the past. But uh, it was really cool to see them clean up at their hometown track. And people are always asking us, you know, what's what's Dave doing? Is he still out there racing? Yeah, he's still out there racing a handful of races a year. Uh, we got to talk to Dale a little bit uh, at uh, Martinsville uh, during a Ryan, Ryan Blaney Family Foundation function. And, you know, his said at the time his plans were kind of up, up in the air. Um, honestly, this year was really the first time he was back running multiple races after taking a couple of years off. So... Uh, we'll see what happens if that's the last time we see Dale on track. Um, I won't say that's okay, but it, it's, I guess it's, it's okay. He had an awesome career, Hall of Fame career. Uh, Dave's also in the Hall National Sprint Car Hall of Fame as well. So really cool to see them succeed. And um, But we do, we have, a, we have a lot of things to get to here. So why don't we jump into our list here, the top 10 moments, top 10 team planning moments, I guess, of 2023 which turned out to be a championship season for Ryan Blaney. Number 10, Team 12 Crew Chief Jonathan Hassler joins the podcast in February for an interview to kick off the 2023 season. Uh, Steve, you've been reaching out to Jonathan for the last couple of years since he came on board, kind of developing a relationship there. He's been really crucial uh, to helping us land a lot of the special guests. I mean, we had a ton of special guests from the team all throughout this year. Um, so even before that, you know, Ryan Blaney had Jeremy Bones as crew chief for multiple years. 
And then they made a huge shakeup at Penske a few years ago. Todd Gordon comes over, brings most of his crew with him, and is with Ryan Blaney for a couple of years. They had an amazing year in 2021, winning three races, and he decides to retire. And then this new guy, new to us, not new to Team Penske, who's there for several years, comes on the scene. Jonathan Hassler paired up with Ryan Blaney. And um, the, they're... they're their first year together, they don't get a points paying win. They do win the all-star race. They were incredibly consistent and were really, really close to making the championship four. What were your thoughts going into 2023? Did you think that the sky was the limit or were you a little bit reserved about the fact that, man, they just, they didn't get it done in a points and a points paying race. Actually, you know, they, they ran so well um, in 2022 uh, even though there wasn't a victory, it, it was they ran extremely well. And truthfully, as we've heard in interviews so far, you know, the, uh, after this championship, you know, Ryan thought that they should have been in the championship four, and a lot of team members thought they should have been in the championship four the year before, even without a win. And they were really close to doing it without winning a race, which was crazy. Um, but they were pointing, you know, doing great in the points part of it uh, in the final eight, 2022. Um, but Jonathan, uh, I thought was the perfect match because you introduced this new car in 2022 and to have a guy who's not only i mean a crew chief but a crew chief with a um, background in engineering with a degree from purdue university uh one of the top uh, engineering schools in the country and a racing background uh on it on top of that was the perfect guy to try to help figure out this car how to get speed out of it and how to set it up uh, for running the drive and uh, I thought 2022 went so well. Uh, I was just excited for 2023 to start because uh, the only real thing that he had to work through was being a crew chief in charge of guys. You know, um, usually you can sit down and do your job, but you're also in charge of a lot of other guys doing their jobs and making sure they're doing them right and, and getting them put together. And uh, as we saw as the year went on, uh, you know, everybody came together, and by the end of the year, he had it going just perfectly. That's the one thing easy to do. So yeah, I, I was totally pumped. I had nothing but confidence in, in, in you know, talking to him. Like you said, uh, I think he got introduced uh, actually right after the All-Star race in 2022. We got introduced uh, thanks to uh, Spotter Josh. And um, you know, just getting to talk to him here and there and ask a question here or there. Uh, definitely knew he knew exactly what he needed to do, what he wanted to do, and what he wanted to accomplish. And uh, they're already working on 2024 20, right now as we speak. I'm uh, talking to him the, the other day with a question or two, and there's no rest for the wicked. He's on to 2024 trying to get the cards ready for uh, for Daytona and beyond. Like I mentioned, we were really excited to have him come on really early in the season to help kick things off and get a chance to sit down and learn a lot about him. You know, he was actually an aspiring race car driver before he got to college. You know, he tried that for a while. He had a really successful career in uh, go-karts with his family and his family's team. Uh, but eventually, like you said, switched over engineering, became a race engineer, now a crew chief. And we talked to him a little bit. We asked, you know, how did you and Ryan get paired up in the first place? And uh, this is what he had to say. So I was uh, Xfinity Series kind of race engineer, uh, 07 to the middle of 2011, uh, was cup in cup 2011-2012, and then actually did uh, took a year off the road in 2013 and kind of did, for the most part, R&D work for Penske. Uh, but during that time, that was right when Ryan was going on board, and uh, I got to do 
at least one, maybe two uh, Xfinity races with him uh, at that point. Um, so kind of just started that relationship. And I, and he was always somebody that I could kind of talk to along the way. And um, he was, uh, he at least felt to me kind of closer in age and was easier to talk to. And we could always talk about stuff kind of outside of racing. Um, so kind of we had that relationship going and um Somewhere along the way, I had told him that, you know, if there was never opportunity to work with him, that, you know, I would be, I would be happy to do it. I, I'd like to, you know, talk to him about it. And, um, you know, all the pieces kind of fell in place with, you know, getting a few different races with the the 21 and then kind of filling in with the 21 um, for the second half of that, that season. Um, and then things kind of worked out with, you know, Todd uh, retiring right at the, the right time. Um, you know, I kind of made Ryan shortlist and we were able to, to kind of, honestly, we went out and had a beer and kind of talked about our different, you know, our philosophies and, and how we, what we think about racing and, and, you know, everything lined up to, to move on together. So here's something I was thinking about when Ryan got paired up with Todd Gordon, it was, I don't want to call it like a, a father son kind of relationship, but Todd was, you know, Todd was the leader of that team. Todd was very demanding. Todd would talk Ryan through a lot of things in a very, you know, you know, stern way sometimes. And I I feel like that's the guy that Ryan needed those couple of years. When Jonathan and Ryan get paired up and Jonathan even mentioned, Hey, you know, we're kind of around the same age. We kind of have the same things that we like to do. They're more on a, on an equal playing field. And do you think this is my theory? Do you think that that really in the last two years helped or pushed Ryan to become a leader of the team and ultimately leads to what happens here and when they they go on to to win a championship i just feel like these crew chiefs have all come along at the perfect time for ryan and it's really had him step up in the last couple seasons you know one of the things you know i I do listen to the scanner and you get you know two different voices you get the spotter but then you get the crew chief and the crew chief you know it's that's when you hear ryan because he's discussing with him what he wants or what he needs and I noticed that right off the bat, starting in 2022, the line of communication was like shorthand almost. Like um, Ryan said a lot less. Uh, uh, didn't didn't have to, excuse me. Didn't have to use as many words uh, to tell him what he needed, and it was really, really kind of a thing. Like where you could tell that Jonathan was able to pull out of it exactly what he needed to pull out of it to make an adjustment and not go too far on the adjustment and, and so forth. I think that the meshing was instant. They didn't have to work through anything. didn't have to like figure out terminologies, maybe a little bit different or something. I mean, they had it together right off the bat. And um, these last two years, it's been really, really interesting because like during a run, Ryan will say something, but then when the run is over and there's a caution and they're going to make that adjustment um, or they're closer to the pitting, you know, Ryan may, may change it just a little bit, come down off of it a little bit because he's not maybe not, you know, in the heat of it. And Jonathan makes an adjustment that just seems to be perfect every time. And they'll go back out 
And a very, 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 very few times as I heard, have I heard Ryan go, what, what happened there? What was that? What? This is horrible. You know, things are not anywhere near what they were. Uh, you know, usually it's going in the right direction. Um, we're doing this, we're doing this, I did this. And, you know, Ryan will say, okay. And then, you know, at the end of it, it seemed to be the right call every time. So the communication was, was always going to be the key thing. And right off the bat, from you know, from the first time they went out uh, as a, as a team, uh, Jonathan had it right where he needed it. He was right in the sweet spot. Now, when they talk to each other on the radio, it's seems to be perfection. Um, you know, as far as being able to adjust, Ryan knowing what he's going to do to the car, and you know, and Jonathan giving him the exact amount adjustment. Number nine, Ryan Blaney himself helps. Steve celebrate episode 100 in May with an exclusive interview with the driver of the number 12 car. This was a big one for us, Steve. I don't know that it gets any bigger than this. Obviously, we did have Jonathan on. That was a pretty big interview for us. But this was something that our listeners, our thousands of followers on social media, everyone always hitting up, hitting us up in the Discord have been asking for, when is Ryan Blaney himself going to come on the podcast and you know we we'd see ryan at events and, and appearances and we we talk with him we talk with his manager and you know they'd say oh yeah yeah ryan wants to come on we're he, he's going to come on eventually he'd love to do it but finally um i think after we met up at talladega had one more chat you you made it happen and we got the man himself ryan blaney to help us celebrate episode 100 and it couldn't have lined any more perfectly steve yeah i mean First of all, I want to thank Justin Burroughs, uh, you know, Ryan's uh, PR guy. Uh, in these last couple of years, uh, you know, he has he has made a connection with us. Uh, he knows knows us by sight, um, and uh, you know he's a he's a very good guy at communicating. And um, you know he he brings excitement to 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 doing things for Ryan. And um, like you said, uh, you know I. I didn't want to be an annoying guy, you know, just annoying him all the time. But uh, it was just an email to basically after seeing him, talking to him, it was an email at the right time of the week for him. Um, and then getting it together with Ryan, uh, setting up a good time for Ryan to be available. And what was really interesting about it was we were going to have him, I, you know, asked for 20 minutes to, to you know, 15 to 20 minutes tops. And uh, we, of course, you know, came prepared, had our questions. And then what did we do? Almost 45 minutes. And I ju- told Justin the next time I saw him, I saw him like a week later. And I told Justin, I said, you know, it ended up being like 45 minutes. He goes, he goes, yeah, he must have really enjoyed it because usually he'll cut it off. If he thinks that it's not going well or, you know, or it's just people babbling, you know, or whatever. So he must have really liked it. And, uh, you know, as we hear at the interview, even Ryan says something about coming back on at some point. So we'll see what we can do. Yeah, I mean, I think our angle here with the interview with Ryan, you know, we've seen Ryan at tons of Q&A events and interviews on TV, uh, but we felt like we maybe brought a different perspective to it, being longtime fans of his family, definitely knowing a lot about his background. And uh, I thought we asked some interesting questions, and I do have three clips to play from that interview from May earlier in the season. And uh, this this first uh, clip is uh, probably one of the one of my favorite tidbits of information that you like to share with folks sometimes. So let's uh, watch this one first. When um, when you do get that first cup start, uh, was it 2014 mm-hmm. at Kansas? Um, you had to qualify in on time because the 12 car didn't have any owners' points at that point, obviously. Um, and you actually bumped somebody from the field. Do you remember one of the one of the guys you bumped from the field? I know I sent that home. 
Yeah. Yeah. I always, that's my favorite little statistic. Adam, I'm going to make sure I, you know, I brought that up because, there's a Muslim, <laughs> you know, we're, you know, we're following your dad at that point and it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I was in a little bit better stuff than he was in. Uh, but yeah, that, that, uh, Kansas race dad was running, you know, a small, small time to gig, uh, for that right. group. And, um, you know, I got an opportunity to, to make my first cup start. We did two that year, Kansas and Talladega. And, um, it's funny. People, people ask like, Oh, you got your start in the Wood Brothers car. I'm like, no, I actually made my first, debut in the 12 car, which is kind of funny. It, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember going out qualifying, no one, both of us are go or go homers and, uh, we ended up bumping dad. So I, uh, I felt bad about it, but he was really happy for me. So that made it better. I I thought that Ryan kind of enjoyed that question. It's probably something that no one's really asked him about probably since that weekend, really. And it's one of those things where, you know, Ryan and Dave got a chance to run and race together on the dirt at Eldora and both for Brad Keselowski racing. They raced together recently in the SRX series, but not a ton of times in the in NASCAR and definitely not in the Cup Series. That was an opportunity, maybe if some things fell the right way. But Ryan actually ends up bumping him in the, that 12 car for Penske in, in his debut at Kansas. And it was really, really look, kind of funny. The look on his face is just golden because you can see it kind of like the light bulb goes off. He knows exactly where I'm going with the question. And you could just see him start to smirk because he knows what, what's coming. Um, yeah, it, the, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. That was was that was a great thing about it is we had a perspective um, that's a little bit different than than some fans that are new new to the sport or new to Brian, and uh, we were able to ask questions like that that uh, were were a little bit different than what you hear every week. You'll see a theme here with some of our clips throughout uh, that involve Dave, <laughs> because Dave, I don't Dave's a funny guy, but Dave's also an important guy in Ryan's life here. And this is another kind of funny story here. Um, everyone kind of thinks that Ryan himself comes from a big dirt background because of Dave, because of Uncle Dale, because of Grandpa Lou, uh, because they own Sharon Speedway. But Ryan really has the very limited dirt experience. Quite honestly, he's turned way more laps on dirt in NASCAR between trucks and cup than he ever did as a kid. But there was a time when Dave was letting him test out a sprint car, but that testing opportunities uh stopped really fast and i had kind of heard a backstory about this and wanted to confirm it with ryan so this is what he had to say about why he hasn't tested a sprint car in a long time you brought up that um you're testing a sprint car uh around 2012 um and maybe testing some other things beyond that is it true that your dad kind of went behind your back and maybe shut that whole that whole deal down from happening uh anymore in the future while you're focusing on some cup stuff that is true. Um, I didn't know this at the time that he did that. I found <laughs> I, the thing is, I found that out like only like four years ago. I mean, this was recent. I found this out, so it wasn't years without me knowing. So we're testing Dad's sprint car, you know, twenty twelve. Um, you know, he's building his own cars. He's running. I might go to some tests, and he's like, "Hey, you want to jump behind the wheel of this thing?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll do it." And you know, I guess I scared him one night. I guess I made him feel uncomfortable one night and and, and kind of being, you know, a, a typical dad, right? So, um, and, and you know, my kind of NASCAR career is trying to, we're trying to get our feet wet in that. So I remember we were in Texas in November or late October running the nationwide car and uh, Tim Sendrick, president of Penske Racing, uh, you know, is in the trailer, kind of asked me how it's going in practice. And he like 
leaves the trailer and he turns back and he's like, oh yeah, by the way, no more driving sprint cars. <laughs> I was like, and we just tested like days before. Mm-hmm. And I always wondered, I'm like, how did he find out? I was like, how did he know? There was like three guys at this test. And then, yeah, I just telling that story to dad like a handful of years ago. And he was like, yeah, because I called him and told him to tell you never to get behind the wheel again <laughs> because you scared me half to death. And uh, so it's, it's funny how I, I, you find that out years later. Yeah. Great story there. And I have to say, you know, with what's happened recently in the sport with some other drivers getting injured, I thank Dave for helping put a stop to that and letting Ryan kind of focus on NASCAR because man, I love 410 sprint car racing. My favorite thing, my favorite racing to see live in person. I still go to a lot of dirt races here outside of all the the NASCAR races that I go to, but um, I'd like to see Ryan focus on NASCAR for as long as possible. And then maybe take the route that his dad did. And in retirement, maybe dabble a little bit into that, maybe even more of a, a uh, full-bodied dirt car, <laughs> but uh, what do you think? I mean, that, I I like the decision to to keep him out of sprint cars for now. Yeah, you know, after watching a couple guys have problems this past year, and, and you know, the danger is definitely there because it's not quite the same as as uh, not that any form of auto racing is safe per se, but what uh, would be interesting though, because you know he has that skill level, you know he has that skill set. Uh, as quickly as he's adapted to the, you know, the changes in cars in NASCAR or the changes in the tracks, uh, I, I, I really see that you know, he could probably do pretty quickly adapt to, to the sprint car and, and you know knowing where to run and how tires wear and you know having that background from his dad to ask the question. That would be really interesting to watch, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, kind of glad they're, they're not on that path right now. Now, you mentioned that you thought Ryan had a pretty good time when he spent that, you know, half hour, 45 minutes with us earlier this year. So we're looking forward to maybe getting the opportunity to bring the reigning cup champion on with us next season when we kick off the 2024 season of the NASCAR Cup Series and the 2024 season of the Team Blaney podcast. And uh, right at the end of the show earlier this year, he did did kind of leave the door open for a return. Uh, You guys do a good job. Like I said, I appreciate all the support. uh, It's really cool. Uh, to have, you know, folks like you out there, you know, going to bat for us every weekend. So thank you guys. Um, thanks for having me on. Congratulations on a hundred episodes. Uh, and yeah, I'll definitely do this again sometime. I had a lot of fun. So thanks guys. That was great. Once again, stars aligned hundred episodes, got to celebrate that with Ryan and uh, I'm glad you had a good time. And Steve, I know it's, you don't want to bug too many people, but I think you got to get on this one already. got to get ahead of it uh, because I'm sure as on the list of appearances that the reigning cup champion has to make, I'm not mm-hmm. sure how high our podcast is, but um, I do know he loves his fans. So we, uh, we are a, a opportunity for him to speak directly with fans, especially a lot of the, the super fans, really diehard fans that are out there that listen to us week to week. So I'm hoping we can make that happen. And uh, if not, I'm hoping to get even more members of the team on next year. Yeah. You know, we'll um, everybody, uh, we- Everybody probably needs a break from us bothering them <laughs> because we did get some great interviews this year. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I email Justin and sometimes better when we actually see him in person sometimes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm sure that 2024 will, will bring some new opportunities and we'll be able to do some fun stuff with uh, people. And I really would like to, like to have Ryan on again, but, uh, you know, so if anyone's listening, you know, 2024, you know, let's get it done before Daytona if I could, but, Anytime next year would be great because um, there will always be something great to talk about. Uh, you know, he's just that, that good of a guy. Um, 
he, he, you know, doesn't need to be led around. You know, you just ask something or bring something up and he can talk about it for a while. So can't wait, can't wait for next season to see what, uh, what we can do. Number eight, the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation hosts its second Driving for Good event at the Top Golf in Charlotte, where Ryan takes Steve's special driver for a spin. So, Steve, let's talk a little bit about, we're going to talk a little bit about this Driving for Good event, which the the second year that they did it, awesome event. Uh, but before we get to describing that a little bit, talk about this driver that you brought the last couple of years. I guess you, you you know let Spotter Josh try it out the the first year of the event, and we talked a little bit about what we talked with it about Ryan on the interview itself, and how do you do? How do you do uh, swinging that club? You know, the problem is the club is not quite legal um, per se, and um, you know it's basically a confidence builder. Um, I bought it years and years ago, had it put together uh, because I just didn't feel like I could hit a golf ball straight, so. Um, there, uh, it, it's, know, it's too many CCs. Basically it's bigger than the legal limit. Um, and there are some videos out there of both Josh hitting it two years ago and Ryan hitting it uh, this year. Um, and Ryan, it took, took Ryan a couple swings. It was great. He was like, okay, they hit another one. Can I hit another one? I'm like, oh yeah, go ahead. And hit another one. Um, Josh hit one or two out of the top call with it. Uh, that's how, um, <laughs> he smashed it. But Ryan actually went to the second or third one, put a couple out there too. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of cool. We brought it up um, when we were doing the interview. We were talking about uh, Josh and, and Ryan golfing and how many strokes uh, Ryan would need up at Josh and it's, et cetera, et cetera. But I told him I'd be bringing it. And um, there's a picture out there somewhere too on the team lady stuff where he's, uh, as soon as I pulled, pulled it out of the bag when, when we were there, uh, he, he <laughs> his eyes lit up and he goes, can I hit it? You know? Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty cool. That whole event was great. Um, one, I do want to thank, uh, Jerry Mariotti and his wife, Kirsten, uh, because this year, uh, we were, we went, uh, and uh, they were with us for it. Uh, kind of wish you guys could have came, but you guys had something else going on, but, uh, Jerry and Kirsten definitely want to make sure that, uh, team Blaney was represented there, uh, for the event. And, uh, they, uh, they did their thing with come to the auction too. So, um, but yeah, Ryan Ryan takes a couple cuts at this thing, and uh, like I said, took two or three of them, but he, he put one out there. It was it was really cool to watch. I do have a clip of that. So if you're listening to the audio version, you at least kind of hear him take a hit of it. If you're watching the video version, you'll probably enjoy uh, watching him uh, take this one the distance at that Top Golf. It's too good for me. Too good for me. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah, but it was really, really cool. He goes booth to booth, um, you know, during the event. So he he meets with everybody, takes a takes a set picture with everybody. Um, but his photographer uh, was kind of cool because there's like in a top golf, there's like a uh, an area that the out in front there where the balls come out of or whatever. And uh, she stood there and took. I'd I'd like to see the pictures she took actually because she was kind of in front of him behind that thing, kind of hiding. Uh, taking pictures from the ground up, uh, swinging that club. But we really kind of would like to see what a picture that looked like. But uh, uh, he, you know, he, he gave us a couple extra minutes with them that maybe uh, nobody else would have got, uh, you know, with anything else. So it was really, really cool moment that he stopped with and, uh, and swung a couple for us. 
Uh, you mentioned some shout outs to uh, part of our team of roping reporters and Jerry and Kirsten, but also shout out to Patty Aber, Leah Blaney Reeves, Aaron Blaney, Lisa Blaney, uh, everybody involved in the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation that helped put that event on for the past two years. What I do understand is that in 2024, they're going to switch it up a little bit. They're going to stay in the sports realm, but they're moving away from golf and they're going to jump on the bandwagon of the sport that is taking the world by storm, and that is the sport of pickleball. Low intensity, but high intensity pickleball. And I think this one's going to be called uh, Pickle for a Purpose or Pickleball for a Purpose. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I think maybe it's Pickleball for a Purpose. Uh, but I'm guess, assuming I would uh, watch all of their social media channels, Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They're on X. I don't think they have a TikTok yet, but maybe someday. So they have a brand new website that they just reformatted toward the end of the season. Uh, that has a great merchandise store as well. Uh, if you're listening to this in the week before Christmas, but um, check them out. They're going to be putting out more information on this event. I think we're looking forward to maybe trying to attend that one, putting a team together in the future. If we are able to uh, enter, cause I'm not sure if it's like a celebrity tournament that maybe we can go and watch, or if it's something, a pro-am tournament where we can join in and play, or, uh, maybe it'll be all levels, but uh, it'll be interesting to see, but I know there's, I live here in Florida, tons of pickleball all around me. And, um, maybe I'll have to brush up on those skills and, and, uh, see if we can go get the victory. <laughs> I don't really know, but I'm going to guess it'll probably be around all-star weekend that between all-star race and the Coca-Cola 600, that's when they've held the top golf event every year. So watch our social media feeds, Ryan Blaney family foundation, social media feeds, and uh, man, thank them for everything they've done. They put together some really cool things this year with the Blaney bunch fan club. They had a great opportunity at Martinsville that we might mention when we talk about that race a little bit later. Um, they've really stepped up their game this year. And uh, like I said, check out their merchandise store, really unique stuff that you won't see on fanatics or the team Penske store. Um, they've got some really, really cool stuff from everybody in the family. Really. Number seven, Ryan Blaney breaks a 59 race winless streak and claims his first crown jewel victory at the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte motor speedway. White flag in the air. One lap to go sponsored by credit one bank. You're so right, Mike. Good kid, good family. Hasn't been able to close the deal. Been 59 races since he's last visited Victory Lane. Such a fast race car driver. So capable of finally getting it done right here. Bring it around here, boy. And Byron closing on this final lap to within eight-tenths of a second. But off turn number four, the Coca-Cola 600 belongs to Ryan Blaney. Incredible week for Ryan Blaney there in May after having that charity event. Um, you were supposed to be at the Coke 600 in person. You were there for the Top Golf event. You're staying all the way through the weekend. I wasn't there. Can't blame this on me. Mother Nature kind of ruined the end of that trip for you. Sent you guys driving back home to Ohio because you had much more important things to take care of on a Monday and the rest of the week. But um, how about that? Crown Jewel victory breaks that winless streak that all the media wouldn't stop talking about. We mentioned it from time to time as well. Uh, nobody counted that he won the all-star race in 2022 because it wasn't a points race. I just felt the weight of the world lift off of his shoulders 
when he won that race and uh, he didn't do a burnout. Now we do see a little bit later on in the season where he changes his, his victory celebration a little bit, but he did let off some steam still and uh, go rushing up into the stands, much like his Penske uh, organizational teammate, Joseph Newgarden did just a couple of days before in the Indianapolis 500. So he brings Roger Penske, an Indy 500 and Coke 600 victory in the same weekend. Ryan Blaney's the guy to do it. You were almost there in person, but man, it had to feel good to see it anyway. Yeah, we got home in time to watch it, um, but we were there on Sunday, and then it just rained and it kind of rained, and it missed it. It wasn't even a rain at one point; it was just kind of a mist. And 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 uh, the track drying team did did everything they could to try and live together. And the only thing that's kind of bad is knowing where we live and how long it takes to drive home, and so on and so forth. And what the next day, you know, work would have held. Um, we probably could have stuck around Monday if they would have started, let's say. Uh, noon you know or no later than one uh because we probably could have made that drive back afterward and i would have been totally dead tired but eh, would have been worth it and definitely with what ended up happening would have been worth it. but i think they end up starting at like four or five o'clock on, on monday which is fine you know for the tv window um but we did make it home in time and um it was great great to watch uh, what i really want to see the best car and best driver just kick the crap out of the field and uh, all day long, you know, they were, you know, all four stages. They were out just out near the front or in the front row or two. And then just make the pass if they had to make one and then just check out. It's a lot of fun to watch that. Now, like you said, um, the race itself was amazing. You know, start to finish uh, from the driver to the pit crew, crew chief, spotter, everybody executed in this race. And that's something that a lot of fans felt like they, that Ryan Blaney had been missing the last couple of years was that execution from top to bottom. And this was really showed that the 12 team was capable of that. And, you know, they had a little bit of a lull after this victory, but they're able to put that formula back in action once they got into the playoffs. So I feel like we kind of saw it here. They break the winless streak and then they were really able to continue to do that in the playoffs. Do you think that that win at least kind of silenced some of the doubters, uh, especially breaking the streak and everything, but just the fact that this team could execute at an elite level. You know, I don't use the word doubters. Um, and after what's happened and what transpired this season at this point, uh, I don't want to look back at that uh, anymore. I'm not listening to anybody who wants to doubt anything because, um, you know, they definitely showed what they can do. Uh, but it was great because it took the pressure off and gave them a chance to use the next couple months as a test session. You know, I've always said that, like, once you've got your win, um, you can do some things. And they were, they did some creative things like a week later with qualifying and the practice. And um, so to me, more than anything else, it just kind of, you know, took everything, like you said, the weight off the shoulders uh, as far as not, you know, winning one and then kind of like down the line. Okay. Now we can look ahead. Now we know we can look at the playoffs and start looking at the things we have to do. Uh, now and then, so. Number six, Blaney's third career win at Talladega Super Speedway in October locks the 12 team into the round of eight of the Cup Series playoffs. Pass it tight, coming to the white. Still no time to worry about eight back to that. Just one inside. Back to you, then half off. White flagger. Still inside. 36 in a push back to you on your bumper. He's going to push to the seven on you. Still just one inside, white flagger. 
Owen, you still inside. He's still getting pushed into seven. Off of you now by half. Off by half and tight. So we push back to you here. Tight and tight. Coming back to the checker. Tight and tight. Tight and tight. You're getting pushed into seven behind. So tight and tight. You're all clear. All clear, whatever you need. Outside just the four. Half back 24. 24 is going to get pushed in the nine. It's outside your door. 24 getting hard pushed on the bottom. It's outside your door. You're clear. Don't get that 24 clear. Half to the bottom, 24. He is not clear. 24 is not clear. The four will pull him back. Half back both lanes. 24 is going to help his teammate. That four is help us off by half. Keep that 24 lined up. Four still half to the top. Still half to the top. 24 is coming, four is coming back outside here. Outside, 24 is going to get pushed to you. Four is out by one. He's coming low here. Stay low, 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 low. Yes! Did we get it? That's right. Third win at Talladega earlier in the year. Ryan was inducted into the Talladega Motor Speedway Walk of Fame down in downtown Talladega at a little park. So if you're ever there for the race next season, you can go check out a plaque at that park. And I remember at the time there's I mean, this is just typical social media people questioning, like, why is Ryan Blaney? You know, he's so young. Why is he in a Walk of Fame? Uh, I think he showed them in the fall there with his third win uh, that he belongs on that walk of fame. So um, you again, uh, you were at this race, didn't rain. So you were there the whole way through the weekend. I got to see it in person. Um, that move that he made on the backstretch, the decisions that he made going all the way through from that move to the start finish line where he eventually wins the race and advances in the playoffs were just I want to say magical. It was perfection. Yeah. The, uh, you know, in the sound clip, you hear, uh, Josh saying something about go ahead and go, 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 you know, that just the execution of that move underneath Kevin and to get in front of William, but then to drag the brake and not get pushed out too far and kind of pin William into doing nothing but pushing him and get himself next to Kevin and then Kevin actually kind of loses the momentum at the end because of what ends up happening uh, 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 behind him. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, being there was awesome because, like, we're in turn four, the end of turn four, being at Pitt Road, and, and the way that dog leg is and the way the track is and where the start finish is basically going toward turn one, um, the cars were, you know, their tail end facing us. So we could not necessarily see... Um, that Ryan had won when he won. We knew because of the, you know, we had the headgear on and we're listening and there were people around us who found out right away because they saw what we were wearing. Um, <laughs> found out right away that he'd won. Um, but to go, go home later on and watch, uh, you know, the next day or two, watch that pass on the backstretch. It was just a clinic and how to super speedway race, what it took to get to the front and what it took to hold the, the position. It was awesome to watch. Yeah, I mean, it was such an amazing description that you just gave that stand-up Ryan behind me just passed out. So <laughs> that's going to be a funny that's going to be a funny clip that we're going to have to to go forward to. Maybe once yeah. we when I go to play one of these other clips, I'll go see if he's okay and, and uh, pick him back up off the ground. Um, but yeah, 
You know what, uh, speaking of that pressure and maybe where, you know, I kind of hinted at this at the Coke 600, I was surprised this didn't happen. You know, it did happen during this victory celebration at Talladega is that the first time I think since the truck series, Ryan does a burnout. We have not seen this in any of his cup series victories. He's always done kind of at least a shortened version of what they used to call like a, a Polish victory lap, or uh, it's kind of what Alan, I think it was Alan Kowicki used to do um, where he turn the car around, come back, drive the opposite direction, wave at the fans, park it at the start finish line, get the, get the flag, give it to a, a kid that, that kind of became Ryan's celebration. But I mentioned after, after the Coke 600, this team kind of, had a little bit of a lull, even in that first round of the playoffs, you know, they were lucky that a few other drivers had some really bad uh, things happen to them early in the playoffs. And they kind of snuck through that round of 16 into the round of 12. And again, I mentioned about like silencing the doubters or the haters. I feel like all of that was pent back up again and it just exploded. And he just decided, you know, kind of on a whim to burn it down. And uh, normally I'm like, don't want to do a burnout, but I feel like I was also that hyped that when he finally did it and one, you know, for a guy that has no practice at this, because even when he has, when he doesn't do it, incredible burnout. And uh, I'm sure uh, you guys, I know you're already jumping up and down in the stands and getting congratulated by the people around you there fellow fans at Talladega were you shocked uh to see that go down yeah I was uh, like looking over and seeing smoke and I'm like is he doing is what huh you know yeah we were kind of looking at each other we're hearing you know like I think it's over the radio and it just yeah it kind of kind of did shock us a little bit for for a second but then we were all like heck yeah you know um we were literally like I said um Jonathan chose uh the pit stall right near the end of pit road so we were literally in front of that that pit stall too so we got to see the guys jump over the wall they were jumping up and down um yeah it was really really cool number five during a podcast interview after the talladega victory gas man chris conklin confidently calls his shot predicting that the 12 team will win the championship steve you tipped this one off a little bit earlier thinking that this would be the perfect moment uh, that the next Netflix series or somebody that is recapping this 2023 championship season for Ryan Blaney needs to pick up on because you, you get this interview, you know, you reach out to Jonathan. He usually helps us after uh, a victory or some momentous event to be able to get an interview with somebody crucial to the team and um, talk a little bit about why Chris Conklin was the right guy to bring on. And then we'll play the clip of what he says, because it's just incredible what he does because the guy calls a shot and uh, predicts exactly what happens to the 12 team, the rest of the way through the playoffs. I, I do message Jonathan and I don't expect nothing, but Jonathan got back to me later on Monday, uh, day after the, the win. And he's like, uh, just sends me a name and a phone number, you know, and you look up the name, you go, oh, okay, he's the gas man. That's perfect. I mean, what a guy to interview. And as you find out, he's been with Penske for a while. And that's the great thing about our interviews when we do them is we, you know, we do a little history and we try to find out about, you know, how they got to where they were and sometimes how what it takes to be there. And you find out that uh, he, was a, he was a tire carrier for a while. And then, you know, gas man was, was the way to go. And, uh, but crucial to super speedway racing is the gas man, you know, getting over the wall getting that thing plugged in, getting the right amount of gas so they can get to the, either the end of the stage or the end of the race. So he was the perfect guy for uh, for the interview. And the confidence of like, what we're about to hear, like I said, uh, really, I'm really surprised. Like, 
maybe we're just not a big enough outlet. Maybe not enough people know about it. Uh, but you're about to hear Babe Ruth basically calling a shot. You know, he's part of the team. He's one of the main guys. He's been around longer than most of them. Uh, he's, you know, won a bunch of races, you know, with different guys in the, in, at Penske. And uh, he basically tells you how he feels, but what he also knows. And and that's it was really, really, really got. When we listen to this, I get chills every time I hear it. So without further ado, let's see what uh, Chris had to say about the outlook for the rest of the season. You guys are locked into the round of eight in 2023 here. Uh, you do have one more race after, you know, to before we go into that portion of the season. But what's your outlook uh, for this 12 team and Ryan Blaney the rest of the year? Uh, we're going to win this thing. I think I think we're going to I think we're going to we're going to win one of the next three. And I don't know which one because he's good at all three. And he is bad to the bone at Phoenix. I If I was another driver, I would not want him in that race. Yeah. So unless he gets wrecked for three weeks in a row. Like if we get to Phoenix, we'll we'll win. That's my outlook. And it's weird how that, that shifted this past week, right? Yep. So we were we were kind of all down and out and like, hey, if we don't finish good here, we're gonna have to win at the Roval, and that's kind of a crap shoot. And and then we won, and then it's like, man, we can win this whole thing now. Let's go do let's just do that. Right? Let's just wipe out the past few races and let's just go win the whole thing. That's right. Unfinished business, right? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's a that's a good one. If we if we bring that same car we had last year, we'll be a okay. Spoiler alert: they were a okay. And man, he predicted everything perfectly there. They win Talladega. They did one one win one of those next three races. They did get to Phoenix. They unloaded with the fast car, and um, they were bad to bad to the bone. You know. Calling your shot is one thing. Um, and also, like, I wonder, like, how much ribbing he may have taken from the other guys, if anybody heard it. And I'm sure they have. There are guys from the team who do, do listen to the podcast. But on the other hand, you want your guys to be like that. You want your guys to be confident. If you're not confident in what you're doing, then what are you doing here? You know? And these guys were. They were confident in what they're doing. And, and like I said, as we, as we now know, um, they went out and did it. They went out and says, you know what? Chris said we're, we're going to win this thing, so we have to go out there and execute. So, you know, they don't want to make a liar out of Chris, you know, and they didn't. Yeah. So, man, thanks to Chris for one. I mean, he had a really cool story. Um, any of the, these team members that we've interviewed, you know, 2023, we also interviewed a couple in 2022. We always like to bring them on and tell their story, how they got into racing. He had a, he, you know, he came from an athletic background, like many of the, the pit crew members do. So they all have a really interesting story on how they moved up through the ranks and Chris's is no different. So great story there. So we encourage you for our, you know, the interview with Chris, the interview with, uh, Dave Nichols, the tire specialist, uh, Raymond Fox, Jonathan, you know, tons of guys that we've been able to talk to the last couple of years. Go back into the Team Blaney podcast archives, either on uh, your your podcast app, but also on YouTube, where almost all of our interviews like that, we have YouTube video versions of it, too. So you can get to meet these guys and some of these guys you don't get to see. Chris, you know, he has helmet a helmet on for the majority of the time he is on TV. So you might not get to see who he is. So you get to look in his eyes and see that confidence that he had when he said, 
just clearly, you know, he didn't even have to think about it. You know, we're going to win it. And uh, they won out there and won it. And one of the other cool things, you know, you mentioned unfinished business. And that's something that you were kind of preaching all through 2023. And we mentioned it a little bit earlier. Uh, we're talking about Jonathan in their first year together. They were so, so close. Just a couple points away from advancing to the championship for uh, in 2022. And we all know that he had a car that probably could have won that race that Joey ended up winning and winning the championship. So that's kind of what you were saying, unfinished business, right? And they took care of that in 2023. Number four, on an October episode of the Dale Jr. Download, Dale Earnhardt Jr. declares himself as a member of Team Blaney. Now, Steve, I know right behind me, I did get Ryan Blaney back up off the ground here, but if he hasn't heard this clip yet, he might fall back over again. So if that's what happens, this is the reason why. And this is the fact that I had people messaging me, calling me, emailing me. Have you listened to the Dale Jr. download? And it's like, oh, not yet. I usually do eventually at, at some point in the week. It's one of my favorite, you know, NASCAR podcasts or racing podcasts that are out there to listen to the interviews and stuff. You're like, you got to go and listen to it. People were clipping. I think even you, you clipped the clip and texted it to me so I could listen to it even because I couldn't just get to the whole episode just yet. And what happens? Dale Earnhardt Jr. professes to everybody that he is a member of team Blaney nation. I don't know what else to call it, but incredible to hear, uh, you know, our podcast, our social media platforms name come out of his mouth on such a huge show. And this was, you know, that part was surprising, but all year long, Dale jr. Had been picking Ryan to win the championship and he stayed steadfast in that pick the ups and downs. Right. Yeah. All the way to the end. I mean, I think he made the prediction actually before the season started, you know, their first podcast where they preview the season, you know, they do predictions to go, you know, too early predictions, you know, as a matter of fact, he's already predicted next year, a back to back. So uh, team Penske guys got to get on that. So he goes ahead and he makes uh, uh, this statement after the Homestead race that Ryan nearly won that race, fell just shy, I think, uh, of William Byron finished, ends up finishing second. So uh, Dale Jr. makes this comment on the show just after uh, that race at Homestead and leading into the race at Martinsville. I almost wore my Actions Detrimental shirt today, but I'm, 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 I didn't want Team Blaney to think that I was jumping off the bandwagon to mm. championship bandwagon. I'm still Team Blaney. Yeah, your loyalty would have been yeah, questioned. It would have. Yeah. I didn't want to get. I don't want them to question my loyalty. Dale. We will never question your loyalty after 2023 because there was plenty of people feel like a broken record mentioning the fact that this team kind of cooled off in the summer after the win at the Coke 600. They didn't have a great first round of the playoffs, but uh, once they got into the round of 12, they really set the world on fire and he was looking smarter and smarter. And you could tell he was kind of getting excited like I'm, you know, he's going to prove me right here. And then obviously Ryan goes and ultimately wins the championship. But um what did you what did you think about that? Were anybody reaching out to you just to to tell you the fact that you know you, hey Dale Jr.'s kind of kind of mentioning you guys on uh, on his show? Yeah, that's the best part about it is uh, he kind of you know he's replied to something or or so forth on or liked a, a tweet at some point, so he sort of knows that Team Blaney is an actual handle on on social medias. Um, I don't know if that was on purpose, I, I you know, but uh, it was great because of the way he did it and said it. And, uh, you know, people don't know, like Adam does these 
you know, all these different platforms set up a long time ago. Uh, some of them, you know, eight, 10 years ago with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram now. And now we have TikTok uh, that we're trying to do. And, um, you know, it's a way of getting the information out there and trying to get more fans and rallying them together. Uh, but it's also a way of getting the information to people. And, uh, you know, it kind of popped up on uh, other other shows too. Uh, one of our other favorite podcasts, you kind of popped up on uh, uh, like a week or two earlier, I believe. Yeah. And this one's interesting because it might feed into this conspiracy theory that I myself and me behind the handle of team Blaney has become an apologist for the team when they, you know, make a mistake or something because we don't think they do anything wrong and we're making excuses for them. So this doesn't necessarily help <laughs> to stop that uh, from spreading a little bit and it's okay. But um, front tire changer, Ryan Flores is on a very popular podcast and um, he's interacted with our social media stuff for the last couple of years. And, um, there, I can't remember which race this was specifically, but I think he had a rough race. Um, I think it might've been one of the races where he lost a lug nut on one of the stops and it, it created kind of a long stop. So, um, those guys, Ryan specifically, since he's so kind of, you know, face forward on social media more so than maybe anybody else on the rest of the, the pit crew takes the brunt of, uh, the complaints from the fan base as a whole. And I like to think it's not the majority of Ryan fans, but the the vocal minority that are on social media and like to uh, to express their anger. Sometimes that goes to Ryan, but he did he did uh, give us a little bit of a shout out here on an episode of Stack, Stacking Pennies earlier this season. So it was a it was a as bad as it was. We just got dude just got ran through on Twitter, which is fine. It's part of the job. Like it was bad enough where there's like the Team Blaney podcast. They wrote me a message like, "Hey, man." sorry these people are so rough on you guys that i'm like yeah part of the job it's true it's part of the job i mean i think even when we've discussed mistakes that they've made earlier in the season and in past seasons of the podcast i've said you know what this is big time auto racing this is big time sports and those guys for the majority are athletes they're treated like athletes um, they can be replaced just like you know a running back a quarterback anybody in a in another stick and ball type sport so um it's performance based. And if Penske thought that somebody needed to replace, they would replace them. So you can, you can chat whatever you want on social media. There's people much more uh, involved in these decisions than, than we are. So I just tend to let them handle that. But you know, anytime we can get a little bit of a bump here or uh, something on somebody else's social media, it's cool to hear. And I know you listen to this podcast every week that it comes out. Yeah, that's that's the point I was going to make. And hopefully we, uh, you know, Ryan will hear this, Skip uh, goes by Skip sometimes. Flores will hear this because uh, you know I want to let him know that I totally appreciate what he does. Um, he does a podcast and it is run by NASCAR, and he doesn't pull punches. He will tell you exactly what happened. We got to a point where we kind of quit trying to explain certain things that may or may not have happened because uh, his show was going to come out a day or two later. And he would explain it. He didn't ever back away from anything. Uh, he's very upfront about it. Does a great job of explaining things. And then not just for uh, Team 12, but for all the teams up and down Pit Road. When there's an incident on Pit Road, he you know he finds out. He talks to somebody a day later. You know he's got information and he he shares it on that podcast. And uh, I, I hope to get him next year. Really tell you the truth, we've worked on it a little bit, but 
it's kind of hard because he does do a podcast uh, that you know he is fully invested in uh, as a co-host. Um, but uh, I, I do want to thank him so so much for being that guy. So if you've never listened to that podcast and you listen to ours, please make sure you put that in your feed uh, every week because uh, they do a great job. Uh, they literally have a segment called Pit Road Boats and Woes. And that segment is nothing but what happens on pit road. So you can hear about why something caught fire. You can hear about why a pit stop went bad or somebody got injured, um, you know, and they, he does a great job of letting, letting uh, the general public know stuff that you don't always see on TV. So, you know, thanks to him. Number three, Ryan Blaney scores a dominant walk-off win at Martinsville Speedway to advance to the championship four for the first time in his career. Blaney right on the back bumper of Michael McDowell, this time by one lap to go, presented by Credit One Bank. Half a mile of fuel is what Ryan Blaney needs. Less than that now, as he works his way through the final turns, Ryan Blaney is going to win his way into the championship four. He wins at Martinsville. Yeah, baby. Let's go, fellas! Let's go! Awesome job, man! Let's go race for a championship. I'm so proud of everybody, man. Good job. Let's go win a championship. Yes, sir! Yes, sir! Let's go, boys! Another you and your wife, Kate, who sometimes is a co-host here on the show when I can't be here all in person once again, which again, I think a record amount of races we watched together this year in the first place, but this one was cool, all seated together, all at Martinsville, and we get to see um, for a second race this year, because Talladega is hard to dominate, but Ryan Blaney at Martinsville dominates the race. Fastest car by far, could pass guys on the outside. Almost nobody else was doing that. Um, some drama at the end of this race where pit strategies of things were all thrown around. And Ryan had to drive up, up through the field, passing Eric Almirola in the closing laps, wins the race, sends us into a frenzy. We've shared some of those videos and photos on social media. Honestly, I celebrated my heart out that night because... I know when a championship comes down to one race and four guys, anything could happen. I wanted to make sure that I was stayed in the moment that night and celebrated, you know, what he had just accomplished because, you know, in some people's minds, making the championship four is, is kind of the ultimate goal for a team because it just comes down to one race after that. And sometimes it's out of their control. Um, but incredible day. Um, I don't know about you. I'm still kind of gassed from kind of running down those stairs. Cause we were at the very top of the, the grandstands, uh, the main grandstand heading towards turn one there at Martinsville. And we booked it all the way down across some several rows of people down to victory lane because we wanted to kind of be there in, in the middle of things. Yeah. It, um, we made our way down there. Um, yeah, 60 rows. I think we were 60 rows up and we were actually down near turn one. So we got down there, got in front of it, got some great pictures, even though they were through the fence. Uh, what's nice about Martinsville is they do that right on the front stretch. Um, I don't know if you can see what that is there. That's confetti. And that's uh, yep. thanks that's thanks to uh, you know, we've met some great people. Um, but uh Justin and his wife Chelsea Hughes, uh they're in the thick of it. They were right down there. They had a um, 
this NASCAR points thing that you could uh, cash in. And they cashed it in. And what it was was to take a picture uh, with the winner in victory lane. And they picked Martinsville. Now, whoever wins, wins. So they have no idea before the race. But after the race, they, they got the Peter on that stage with, with Ryan and that clock. And then, uh, you know, we had people like uh, was it Hannah. Uh, she made a sign that, you know, a <laughs> the Ryan, for champ, you know, champ sign. You know, who else had that in the stands, you know? Um, just some some great moments, great pictures of that day. Um, and it just made the, you know, the next week even more exciting to get ready for. And if, if funding wasn't an issue, I, you know, I, I definitely would have tried to figure out a way to get to Phoenix. I had uh, uh, Jer- Jerry Marriott. He actually was like, well, I might just start driving on Wednesday. <laughs> I'm like, what? Uh, can, I, can I sneak in the back seat? Go, oh, yeah, let's go. You know, I'm like, the real world didn't get in the way of things, you know. It would have been great to be there for that. But uh, Martinsville as, as a whole, just that whole experience. Um, like you said, there was a late, uh, not late caution, uh, but it was, uh, you know, a pit cycle that, you know, a lot of cars ended up going, um, I don't know how many laps did they go at the end? 70, 80, 90 laps without. Yeah. Quite honestly, they're lucky. It wasn't a late caution. Like this race played out. So it was a very long run, the green flag run that let Ryan with such a, you know, stronger car than everybody else, pick his way back up through the field and get back to the front. So if there was a late caution, I'd be afraid of what happened like in the Xfinity series race where it had just been chaos and carnage and who knows, but um, I, Ryan didn't need to win at that point. I think he'd already oh. basically points his way in. I still kind of call it a walk-off. It was a walk-off race for him to get into the championship for, but um, you mentioned uh, our second set of roving reporters here. We, you mentioned Jerry and Kirsten a little bit earlier who go out to a lot of the dirt events that we don't get to and also some of the other the NASCAR races. But uh, Justin and Chelsea Hughes are, you know, they live in the thick of things, I think, in, you know, South Carolina, uh, the Carolinas area, and they get to a lot of races, too. And Justin's been, you know, been awesome to us. Um, he's been at so many of Ryan's victories and managed to, you know, send us little packets of confetti and lots of other things. So so really, really, really great guy. So shout out to him for everything that he's done. He did, uh, in fact, make that trip out to Phoenix on a whim there and uh, in hopes of uh, Ryan winning. And once again, Ryan wins a championship and our man Justin is out there to celebrate. So you'll see him on TV from time to time. He somehow always makes his way down into that victory lane area. Um, one other thing to mention, some news broke uh, in this short offseason that we've had so far. And uh, a guy that I think we really need to thank for his uh, help for us, his friendship to us, and uh, over the last couple of years in that spotter, Josh Williams. Um, I'm mentioning it during this one specifically, this race at Martinsville. If you go back and listen to our very first interview with Josh Williams, he was our first interview with a member of the team. Um, We tell his story, and he talks about how his family in Martinsville, you know, go together. Yeah, his family that helped operate that track for several years. They live in that town there. Uh, he had so many great stories to talk about that track and everything surrounding it. Um, he's always wanted to pick up a grandfather clock. He did it in the truck series with Zane Smith a couple of years ago. He really wanted to get that cup series victory and he does it with Ryan Blaney. You could tell on the radio, it was special to him. Uh, you mentioned us being down there during the victory lane celebrations and you could tell he was just, you know, waiting and waiting, waiting to get his opportunity to get that photo with the clock after winning the cup series race. 
So I buried the lead. The news is, is that, you know, Josh has been with Ryan throughout his entire cup series career. Um, and it turns out, you know, they went out on top together. They are ending their professional relationship. I'm sure they're going to stay friends because Josh is moving on to another team. He hasn't announced that just yet, but, um, He's going to be moving on after this season. Ryan's going to have a new spotter next year in Tim Fidoa, who uh, was spotting for Kevin Harvick since 2014, won the 2014 championship with Harvick. So um, obviously we can talk about that change moving forward when we pick up in 2024. But um, Josh has been so good to us over the last couple of years, helped open a lot of doors for us. I say when he came on that show with us and we got to talk with him, he gave us instant credibility with the fan base and with other members of team 12. Um, maybe even with the folks at Penske to know that, you know, we were a couple of guys that they could trust that they can, that know that, you know, we're going to tell their stories well uh, with heart and with passion. And um, all I got to say is thank you to that guy um, and wish him nothing but the best in the future. I uh, hope he sees victory lane here and there. Um, but I hope uh, most of the time the 12 car is is beating uh, his car. <laughs> yeah, I, I really can't thank him enough. Um, there, um, there are things that people you know, watch a race on TV and you see how, how things go. You see the race. You watch the driver. Maybe you see the pit crew because they're on, on TV. Very rarely do they show you the spotter, let alone you, know, you listen to clips here and there. But it's like for, for most people, they don't even know what they sound like. You know, I listen to him every week for the last bunch of years and uh, I'm going to miss, <laughs> you know, miss how, how he talks on the radio, what he says. And um, it'll be interesting to, to see what the new new guy, you know, how they mesh with him. And I'm sure they will pretty well. He's a pretty professional guy. Um, but uh, Josh did an amazing job. And like I said, helping us was, was incredible. He, he didn't have to. Um, but there were points in times where he introduced us to people and got some uh, ball rolling on certain things. And uh, like you said, made it, made everybody realize that uh, it was okay to talk to these guys. They're not, uh, you know, they're not out for blood or anything like that. They just want to tell a good story and uh, you let people, you know, know what, what it's like on the inside so that people get uh, feel a little bit differently. You know, it's a little bit different when you get to meet people on the inside or behind the scenes uh, makes you want to root for them even more, uh, become a little less cynical because you know what they're actually doing. You know what kind of hard work they're they're actually they're actually doing. Uh, so I really, really, really don't know how how to thank him. I wish there was something I could do for him. Uh, you know, in the future, I know I bought him lunch one day at uh, Mid Ohio. That's that's the best I could do. <laughs> I made, you know, I, I did make them a couple of the, the hoods uh, for for him and uh, his fiance, um, but. Uh, yeah, I wish him the best of luck. I really want to thank him for everything he did to, to help us and make us a little more confident in what we were doing, too. Uh, you know, I got to interview him after the Michigan win uh, three years ago. And uh, if you ever get a chance to go back to that episode, that's an early episode for us. But, uh, you know, he gives us such great insight into what those last 10 laps were like at Michigan and what he had to do to help Ryan know what was coming and from what direction it was coming and how to block it. And this is, I think, Back at that point, I don't think they had the camera, the rear cameras in at that point either. So yeah, he not yet. Really helped, not yet. So he was really helping a mirror block at that point. So, um, yeah, just thank you, Josh, for everything you, you've done, you have done, and uh, good luck with everything you're you're about to uh, to do. 
Yeah, and good luck uh, fitting two clocks now <laughs> into into his home there. Uh, I think I'm one sure, upstairs, uh, one upstairs one, yeah, one upstairs, one downstairs. I think. Hey, yeah, I think he wants many more. He wants that to become a problem for sure. Number two, Blaney bests his championship four competitors in the 2023 finale at Phoenix to earn his first NASCAR Cup Series title. Blaney looking for a championship. Chastain down the backstretch for the final time. Blaney is going to run in his tire tracks. You know, winning is in his family's DNA, and Ryan has just crested the mountain of all wins. Ryan Blaney is a NASCAR Cup Series champion. Steve, you mentioned early in the show whether I had to pinch myself to believe that this happened. And, you know, in in the weeks past, I think uh, a week hasn't gone by where I sent you a text message like, can you believe it? Ryan Blaney is a Cup Series champion. And it's just, it's, it's not crazy. Maybe not even is the right word. It's just because we know and we've known, we knew and we've known how good Ryan Blaney is and basically just proved it to the world. And he's going to have that patch on his fire suit uh, the rest of the way through his cup series career that says champion on it now. And um, we're going to be able to wear that as a badge of honor as well as fans. And it was just an incredible run to get here in the first place. The way he wins Talladega strong run in that next round wins Martinsville. Um, He could have won at Homestead. Uh, He gets to this race at Phoenix and (laughs) there's some drama uh, in this race for sure. Um, the team did execute really well, but there was still issue with that Phoenix, you know, the number one pit stall is really, really important. And some guys on some pit stops because of that, were able to get out ahead of him, but his car was so good. Every restart that they had, he was able to come back up through the field, uh, gain those one or two spots that maybe he would lose along the way because of that, that pit advantage that the other teams had. And, um, how nervous were you during that? initial dust up with Ross Chastain because at that point in the race, you know, I'm normally a real nervous guy. I don't want to, as chocolate Myers would say, take the hats to victory lane too early. I was confident Ryan's winning this championship. There's no way anybody could beat him. And then he starts racing with Ross Chastain and Ryan was being extremely aggressive. Now TV covered this, talked about all the hand signals he was doing in the car, how he's yelling, yada, yada, yada. We know Ryan can get heated in the car. Um, once he's out of the car, totally different person. So I don't even care about that. People made a big deal out of that, but I felt like I was going to die. I couldn't breathe because the, I just knew I'm like one mistake here. And you're by Chastain who doesn't have a great track record of not making mistakes in these situations and was not giving an inch and, you know, kudos to him. You know, this is the first time in this uh, format of an elimination format here where it all comes down to one race that somebody else has won the championship race. Then one team did it great for him he didn't give an inch but man i um i was extremely nervous that a mistake was going to happen and cost ryan a championship i hate the fact that there was a late caution yeah um, right right before the late caution ryan had actually passed him when their chastain just barely cut past him back at the time the caution happened and i think if it goes green the rest of the way ryan would have passed him uh, at that point chastain knew that Ryan was the faster car. Ryan had closed the gap on him. And Ryan knew he had to get past. And that's the part people are missing here is that uh, all Chastain was really doing was causing the two guys behind Ryan to get closer. And, uh, you know, it's like a Truex actually got in the mix, you know. And if that tells you anything, you know, he was closer to Ryan because of 
Ryan was a faster car than the car that won the race. It's the style of racing, unfortunately. But like I said, going into the race, and like I said, going into the championship, you get to the final four, you only got to beat three guys. And one of the guys uh, had an issue with rotors early on, so then he only had to beat two guys. And that's all really mattered in the end, you know. It's kind of funny to see Ryan Ackerman at one point. He goes to the stand like he was going to get the flag, and then he realized, oh, wait a minute, I don't get the flag. <laughs> it felt like he won the race. I uh, TV kind of showed the other guy crossing the line, but uh, uh, like the, in the sound clip, you don't you know, hear much about the guy who won the race, you know, because it really didn't matter uh, as long as you beat those other other two guys, and, and that's all that mattered uh, for us, you know, watching Ryan. Absolutely, and it's funny, and I've mentioned this a couple other fans that we talk with during the week, and I was putting together like a you know what his stats for for the season, and I wrote down four wins initially because I thought I just I'm like I'm like this is a great season, a four win season wins a championship, and I was like oh wait, he didn't win the the race of Phoenix, which is unfortunate, but honestly I don't care. I think he it was asked he was asked about it in the media center after the race, and he he doesn't he doesn't care about the fact that he didn't win the race, he won the championship, and that's what they're there for. That's happened in the other series and the Xfinity series and the truck series multiple times in this elimination format where it goes down to one race. So first time it happened in cup in this style, um, but that's okay. You know what? He's got the banners. He's got the trophy. Uh, he's got the gold car from Goodyear. Uh, he's got everything that goes with winning a championship. And um, it's great to see. I mean, it, I mentioned, you know, Martinsville win being amazing. Um, this is another one of those ones where I'm sure you guys were up off your feet in the closing laps there. Uh, probably shed a tear or two celebrated. I know we went out and celebrated at, at night because I, I just felt like I couldn't stay in the house. I needed to get up and do something. So we went out and had a, uh, and toasted Ryan <laughs> that evening a little bit. I mentioned the fact that, uh, I think immediately that night I'm loading up my cart with merchandise and I didn't hit the, uh, order button from fanatics until he cleared tech, because I thought <laughs> I could jinx something. Because we did see, we didn't mention it in this top 10 list. Maybe this is uh, something to bring up, but the fact that was Las Vegas, they got disqualified. Uh, the Martinsville race would have taken that away anyway, but well, it was Las Vegas, right? Is that That's where they got disqualified in tech for um, having like a, a measurement wrong uh, on part of the car. So uh, that was a, an interesting part of the playoffs too. So I, was, I had that in the back of my mind. I'm like, what if somebody missed something? And they get bounced in tech, and I'm the guy that already ordered, you know, two hundred dollars worth of t-shirts and and diecast. So um, I wasn't alone. Plenty of people are are ordering up, and uh, I think a lot of Brian Blaney fans are going to have some amazing presents uh, throughout this holiday season. Whether they, you know, celebrate Hanukkah, Christmas, or whatever else you got out there, there's going to be some some great championship gear out there. And I know I got a head start. <laughs> yeah, that's I I didn't buy anything for myself yet. I just, Christmas is coming. I've told people, you know what to do. You know the deal. <laughs> you know what size I wear. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, even if not, if not, then I'll go crazy in January. Um, get get a couple things. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's going to be great to just commemorate. And then, uh, you know, all next year, we get to say defending Cup Series champion. Number one, Ryan Blaney takes the stage at the NASCAR Awards Ceremony in Nashville and toasts his team and his fans as the 2023 Cup Series champion. Fitting to wrap up this top 10 with uh, one of the last events on the calendar, and that's the awards ceremony 
there in Nashville. Lasted a few days. They celebrated champions all throughout NASCAR, uh, especially focusing in on the truck Xfinity and the Cup champions. Favorite part of this weekend, we're going to play a couple clips from Ryan's speech that I thought was fantastic, really classy, true to himself. But it was really seeing the team members, you know, Josh, and we mentioned Dave Nichols and Chris and Raymond, everybody that we've got to talk to, seeing them paraded down on the back, you know, of a a semi-truck hauler there, uh, celebrating with fans, Ryan Flores, you know, with the t-shirt gun, (laughs) trying to shoot t-shirts up onto the bars at the top of Broadway there in downtown Nashville. Um, They were just living it up. Um, luckily there's photos and video to prove that that happened because I'm sure they imbibed a little bit (laughs) along the way, but, um, seeing Dave Nichols, the tire specialist, uh, join Ryan for that presentation with Goodyear, where I mentioned the gold car a little bit ago, they give him this amazing gold car. You see Dave and Ryan kind of accepting that trophy, really great trophy that they hand out to the champion every year too. So cool to see him get some recognition there. Another behind the scenes guy that's not always forward facing. So great to see some recognition there. So they really were able from Jonathan getting up on the, on the stage too, to share some remarks as well before Ryan took the stage. Um, what an incredible weekend and uh, really, you know, Ryan's, you know, from what we talked about earlier um, at the core of Ryan's career and just who he is as a person is really family, you know, from his foundation that even, you know, puts family right in the name. Um, There's some really great remarks that he makes here about his dad who became a a huge motivational person for him throughout these playoffs. You know, Dave kind of always stays in the background, isn't real flashy, but he was really there for Ryan during this playoff run. And that's cool to hear. And you hear that, but just family was really the theme of the weekend for him. And that was, you know, kind of really special to see. I thought, you know, from our perspective, because we've gotten to know so many of the guys in the last couple of years, uh, uh, like two to 12, uh, that was the best part for me too. It's like, you know, where are my guys at? You know, at one point during the speech, you know, because, those guys did it, you know, for everything, I mean, anybody who wanted to be negative and fire everybody and fire this guy and fire that guy. Guess what? Guess what? They're all wearing championship rings right now. And, uh, you're not. <laughs> so you want to be negative, go somewhere else. I was here for it all year long. You know, the power of positivity and, uh, you know what that uh, power of positivity, you know, gave, uh, gave us everything we wanted out of a, out of a season. And uh, yeah, the, the speeches were were great. We're about to hear some nice stuff and uh, great remarks, and a little bit of great uh, behind the scenes types of stuff that, uh, like I said, you don't hear about until until after the fact. So you know, it was it's pretty cool. Earlier in the top ten list, when we talked about our interview with Ryan, we featured two great stories about him and his dad Dave. And then when Ryan took the stage in Nashville, he told one more uh, awesome story about Dave and this playoff run. Uh, you know, my dad, for you guys who know my dad, he's a very reserved guy. He doesn't talk very much. And started saying I wanted to be like my dad growing up. And uh, as a kid, I think you just want to make your parents proud. So when he started kind of being my motivational speaker, like through the playoffs, like he, he was telling me the story about the path. He sees the path to the championship. The first few races, I was like, ah, you know, it's, it's dad saying dad stuff, you know. But as we kind of went on, I started believing it more and more. And... Um, you know, we, we won Talladega, and he said, the pass getting bigger. We won Martinsville, he said, the pass lit up. And uh, I guess we, we got through the gate at Phoenix. So, Such a great story. Ryan mentioned that a couple of times in his post-race press conference after winning the championship at Phoenix. I'm really glad that he took the opportunity to tell that story 
one more time in his speech because it, it was just a perfect moment, you know, for the both of us who were longtime fans of his dad, even before Ryan came on the scene, you know, we lived through that, the ups and downs, uh, the good years, the bad years, and then, you know, eventually seeing Ryan, you know, make his way into NASCAR and transitioning a little bit, becoming uh, more of a fan of him, but still seeing Dave, you know, in the background, always there, always supportive. And uh, everybody already knows, you know, they used to say Dave was one of the nicest guys in the cup garage when he was there. So not surprised here and uh, gave some Ryan some great advice and something he's going to remember forever. He's always going to be thinking about, you know, the path. One last clip here from Ryan's speech that I think is really fitting for us. And I think I'm definitely going to save, put it in my back pocket. Maybe it might be our show ender all throughout 2024. I usually play that little clip from Ryan at the end of our show. So this one might replace uh, what we have going on right now. So at Team Penske, you know, after a win, they gather the whole team together uh, that next week and they have a little toast uh, to toast victory. And and Ryan in the speech kind of, uh, gave us an inside look at what that looks like and what that toast actually is. And it was a fitting way, I think, for him to end his speech uh, as champion. We do have a toast that we do at Team Penske um, to close off the night to us and those like us. Cheers. Have a good night. That was such a great moment. Um, they, you know, they showed Roger, I think it kind of even, even surprised Roger a little bit that Ryan brought that Penske tradition up to the stage. I know Ryan, um, they did, if you, you don't know, they did a, a quick episode, the final episode, they're saying series finale of uh glass case of glass case of emotion. And they chatted about that on the show a little bit. Ryan's like, I think I'm going to bring, you know, my drink up there or something. Maybe I'll do a toast or I'll, I'll say something, you know, and, you know, he did it. And I didn't expect that to be what it was, but I thought that was really cool. I'd always hear about that Penske toast, but I never actually knew what they said. So I like that to us and those like us. Cheers. Perfect. Yeah, perfect way to end that. Put a bow on it and uh, end the season. Um, you know, this has been an incredible year. Uh, we started doing this podcast three years ago and, it's funny you mentioned glass case of emotions. I thought of where the idea came from is like, well, they're not going to do glass case anymore. And how about we try and do something that the fans will get and give you more of the racing? Because even glass case was never really much about, about the actual racing. And, um, you know, <laughs> every year we did it, we hoped that it would end this way. You know, you really would want to see, the, you know, let's go through a season and then have a really good ending to the season and, you know, maybe make the championship four. But to not just make the championship four, but to finish it off, to seal the deal, um, just so much excitement. And like I said, I, I personally am really, really, really happy for a lot of people involved. You know, we can go back and name all the names of all the different people that we've had on the show and then the guys they work with, you know, uh, the things that you know, Ryan Flores talked about, you know, they rake them through the coals or whatever, however you put it. Uh, you know what? It was all worth it in the end, you know, because right now they all got, uh, like I said, they're all got, got championship rings and pictures with the trophies. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they're not going to rest on their loyal laurels coming to 2024. Uh, but right now, till till that happens, they're defending uh, cup champions. And uh, what a great year. 
you it's funny that you mentioned a list because I do have a list, Steve, and I do want to run, run through it real quick. And you can correct me if I've left anybody off and I do, I apologize, but we had an incredible run this year in 2023 on the team Blaney podcast with lots of special guests. You know, I say it at the top of the show, special guests all throughout the year. That was uh truer this year than any year of the show for sure. Uh, so I do want to thank NASCAR social media personality, Taylor Kitchen, crew chief, Jonathan Hassler, tire specialist from the 12 team, Dave Nichols, uh, Leah Blaney Reeves from the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation, Tony Palmer, the race engineer from the 12 team that came on and talked to us after after the Coca-Cola 600 win. Uh, this was a fun one. Josh Novak, I, I encourage everyone to go back and listen to this episode. Josh Novak, who is the driver of the Big Red Elgin from the NASCAR track drying team. Uh, we had a fun interview with him. Chris Conklin, you know, called a shot. Amazing interview there. The gas man for the 12 team. And Ryan Blaney himself, who came on and helped us celebrate our 100th episode that we mentioned a little bit earlier in the top 10 list. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to every single one of those folks that came on and talked to us. And uh, I mentioned a couple times, you know, Steve's our booking agent. So thank you, Steve, for helping put almost every single one of those together. Sometimes I give you an idea and let you run with it and you make it happen. And uh, we couldn't do this thing without you between what you do with your race reports, uh, what you do helping book a lot of these guests that we get to talk with folks. Um, uh, thank you for everything that you do for sure. Well, thanks, man. I did. You know, I just hope I'm not annoying people too, too much. I, I just, I just want to add some content, uh, you know, some things that you get to hear uh, even going back, you know, we, we, like I said, about talking about Josh, but then last year we got uh, Raymond Fox, the third too, you know, uh, who, who's you know car chief for the car, you know? So, just all these different guys, uh, like I said, from the team, getting to know them, getting to hear their backstories, and you know what kind of work they're putting in. You know how hard it is to do what they're doing. Um, you know, let's not forget, uh, you know, uh, you know, Fatback. You know, uh, Justin. Uh, you know, he 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 was there last year for us. Um, part of the Porsche program now there at Penske, but uh, you know all these guys makes it even bigger, brighter, and a happier thing just knowing that they've accomplished the goal that they're all working toward. A couple other people here to thank. Uh, one being my wife Tara, who uh, I think we went to nine or ten races this year on the Cup side of things. Traveled all up and down the East Coast, going to everything. You know, she's uh, she's not a Ryan fan first, but she's still a big time Ryan fan for sure. But she puts up with me, uh, lets you know me take the time to help work on you know this podcast, the so other social media aspects of the things. And I'm sure you have a, a person you would like to thank too, who's a, another uh, oh. a crucial member of Team Blaney, especially when I can't be in this seat. That's right. You know, our 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 secondary uh, co-host, uh, my wife Kate. Uh, just incredible uh because already she's looking at next week next year's schedule uh we're already looking at where we're going uh you know the my wife uh, you know if, if anybody knows and you want to google something google pocono a love story <laughs> and it'll come up there we met literally at a will call window at the racetrack so um there's just you know no woman in the world who's more in tune with with Blaney racing because she was there because she was seeing watching Dave run. You know, she saw Ryan win a truck race at Pocono before I ever saw Ryan win a race live. So, um, just uh, just wonderful, wonderful woman. And uh, you know, it's that's another reason why this was so great is to be able to share those moments with her. 
uh, whether, you know, the winds, the weekend of uh, four wins now, or, uh, you know, the, the championship uh, <laughs> alone in our living room, but that's all, you know, it doesn't really matter because it's just the two of us, and uh, we were so excited uh, to end the season that way. So, again, thank you to Tara and Kate. You guys are definitely both top 10 in our book. And thanks, Steve, for helping me put together this top 10 moments of the Team Blaney podcast and Ryan Blaney's championship run of 2023. Had a lot of fun recapping the season once again with you. Uh, honestly, this top 10 list maybe wasn't traditional, traditionally ranked, but it, it played out perfectly and chronologically all the way through the season, all the way to a championship. And um, I've just been dying to do an episode like this. I've always said our favorite episodes outside of the interviews that we've done are when Ryan wins a race. And uh, we've managed to crank out two now because we had so much to say about Ryan winning a championship. So um, got all those folks to thank. Thanked our wives. We also want to thank you, everyone listening to us once again for tuning in to this episode of the Team Blaney podcast. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, just listen to our very first episode that explores our Blaney racing fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and X at Team Blaney and on Instagram and TikTok at Team.Blaney. And finally, we'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation established in 2018. This organization supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine through fundraisers, events, and membership in the Blaney Bunch Fan Club. To learn more, visit RyanBlaneyFamilyFoundation.org or follow them on X and Instagram. Steve, you have anything else you'd like to add before yeah, we call it a year? Yeah, if, if you're listening to this through the regular podcast feed, um, you may want to go check out YouTube. Um, uh, although we love the feed because we can see exactly who and what and where and how many, but uh, the YouTube version of this should be a lot better because Ryan fell down behind you again. And uh, also, like any video clips and so forth that, we're, that we could add in um, from our interviews and so forth, uh, we're added in also. So um, Adam does a lot of work on this stuff. Uh, you have no idea how uh, hard it is to make me look good and sound good. And, uh, you know, I owe that man a couple 12-packs or 24-pack or something for that. A body uh, armor. So yeah, a body armor. Oh yeah, I just, I'll just ship you some body armor. The trap, trap the new flash ID. It's awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, I want to thank you, Adam. Thank you, Adam, for putting this together uh, week after week and dealing with me. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm a, you know, I'm high priced talent sometimes. Worth every penny. So for my co-host Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Have a great rest of 2023. Good night, Brussels. Check out the TikTok and have a happy new year, everybody. Well, thanks everybody for coming. Hope you enjoyed it.